Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing, whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine, and this is The Valley Now. My guest today, I'm very excited to be able to connect with. We're talking about Excel, which is a program serving all people with special needs, kids, adults, any sort of special need. Jesse Bustamante is Excel's Chief Advancement Officer, who is here to tell us more. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here. I think most people that are aware of Excel would know about the K-12 program, but there's so much more. Can you kind of talk us through the different elements of kind of your core programs, but then there's different elements even within those core programs. Absolutely. So at Excel, we do serve the disability community, as you mentioned, individuals who have special needs. And typically, we actually serve those who have severe and profound disabilities or multiple. So the three different distinct programs we have are an early intervention clinic, starting at actually 18 months of age for children who have had an early autism or related diagnoses. We have an early intervention therapy clinic. We do have a K through 12 school program as well for children who have special needs, severe and profound. And then we have an adult day program as well for individuals 18 years and up. These are not necessarily a trajectory. Our goal is to meet individuals who have these needs wherever they're at. So it is common for us to meet a child at three years of age, at 10 years of age, 13, 30, um, as an adult, you name it. So people come to us when they need us, when they find our services or We hope they find us. So not everyone goes through the whole trajectory. We meet them where they're at and we try to help them wherever they are at that point in their life. How would someone find you? For our early intervention um, youth, I would say our little kids primarily find us through pediatrician referrals. And a lot of time it's word of mouth too. Um, Young families who just find out that their child might have autism or something related are probably scrambling to find services as as fast as they can. So they're looking for that community of resources, other people who can help them. So a lot of referrals, pediatrician or even word of mouth or other parents that they trust. For our K through 12 program, we actually work with about 40 school districts here in Phoenix. 
when that school district is unable to serve the needs of that child, they are often, they have to refer them somewhere else to provide a great education and Excel is one of those places they can send that child to. And then for our adult day program, uh, we've got great resources and support the Department of Developmental Disabilities. So DDD will help those events, uh, adults typically find a place that is closest to them and that meets the needs of what they're looking for in an adult day program. And on your uh, website, it talks a lot about a fulfilled life and self-worth. And so can you talk to the importance of, yes, your programs and providing the educational space and a safe place to learn in a way that best suits their needs is so important, obviously. But I think that the part that might go kind of overlooked with a lot of organizations is that self-worth piece and being able to be a little bit more independent. Can you speak to how you incorporate that? So individuals who have disabilities will sometimes fall into the category of not having a community, of not having friends, of picking up some poor health habits because they're isolated. Mm -hmm. Our goal is really to build a community. So whether you are three years old, 13 or 30, that you find people you can be with, that you can hang out with, and that you feel like you're belonging, because that's going to help build up someone's self-worth, someone's self-confidence. And we ultimately want everyone to reach independence. So that independence is going to look different for a 13-year-old versus someone who's 30. But our ultimate goal is that we're building skills along the way. So they come out of our program, or at whatever point they go on to something different in life, that they have so much confidence in themselves that they can take on whatever they want. That's awesome. I love that. Do you have any of those fun facts or kind of those quick numbers of how many transition, you know, how many kids maybe transition back into a more traditional school? Or is it something that, you know, they would just kind of stick with you K through 12 or whenever they come in through, you know, graduating high school? Yeah. So for our K through 12 program, our goal is that actually when students come to us, they're not with us permanently. Some are due to the severity of their needs, but others, our goal is to get them back to their home school district. We want our children to be with their peers, with their sisters and brothers, with their neighbors. We want them riding that school bus to their own school. Mm -hmm. So this is something that we've really pushed in the last few years more and more is to build these transition plans to help these youth go back to their school districts. So in this moment, we're building out kind of what that index looks like. We're building out how to, what are the qualifications someone needs? What is that data for us to figure out? This student should go back. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do have a really great story, if I may share. There's a woman who came to us from the Southwest Valley a few years ago from her school district. I'm going to roughly say she was about in sixth grade, seventh grade. And when she came to that, the school district said, She has a lot of behaviors, which means she's not communicating what she needs because she's not able to speak as verbally as you and I are right now. So she's not communicating. She's having behaviors. The school bus driver does not want her on the bus anymore. We don't know what to do. We're out of options. Well, this individual came to our school and going from a classroom of 30 students to about six, she got a lot more attention than she was used to. She Mm -hmm. had a fabulous teacher, fabulous paraprofessionals who helped this individual learn to communicate. Um, She eventually got to a point where she would join me and give individuals tours because she was so confident. She was fun and she loved school. Um, This individual is now in high school. So she's back in her school district, her home district in the Southwest Valley. She's riding on a bus every day. She has friends, a wonderful family, and she's thriving. 
Mm-hmm. And that to me is what it's all about is helping them while they need us and hopefully figuring out how we send them back to their typical district school. I'm a huge fan of getting people back with their siblings, with their peers, wherever that may be, because that's their community. I want them to grow up with and feel like they're a part of. Yeah, for anyone, community is so important. And, you know, when you're looking at kids that are in sixth grade, seventh grade, even through high school, kids are mean. Regardless, kids are mean and it's tough. It's a tough age to be regardless. So as you're telling the story, I just feel bad because I'm thinking through how frustrated she must have been kind of almost trapped inside her own body that she can't communicate what she needs. And it's not as if she's you know, throwing a temper tantrum. It's that she's trying to communicate her needs and unfortunately said bus driver didn't understand that. It's so true. That's the issue we find with majority of students that we serve is that they just need to know how to communicate. They just need someone to say, this is how we're going to tell the teacher, tell your mom, tell your friend, I'm hungry. And so Mm -hmm. for some individuals or a lot of our individuals have communication devices, we use iPads and technology so they can point to a word. Maybe it will speak um, verbally of what that individual needs. Maybe it helps that individual express what they need. We have some students that communicate with sight, with eye gaze, with head motions. Um, We get our team of angels get super creative on how they can help these individuals tell us what they need, because that is the key to unlock their future is to learn how and what way communication works for them. Do you have a family program too? So you're kind of wrapping your arms around the entire family to ensure that they're, you know, kind of able to advocate for their child too, or, or their friend or peer. In all that we do, we wrap our families in. So our early intervention uh, therapy clinic as all of, uh, built into that is parent training and parent lessons so that the parent is aware of what they're doing in this early therapy so that the parent can bring this home and mimic the situation. We've even have staff gone to the zoo, gone to the dentist with families and said, this is how we're doing this in, in our program. We hope you can mimic it because we're bringing out the best in this child. Um, For our school program, our parents are super involved if they choose to be within their child's education. They're probably getting messages throughout the day of great things happening, of challenging situations their child um, worked through. So we very much try to bring parents with us. Um, In our adult day program, it depends on who their guardian is and or if they have a guardian, depending on their age. But we always want to bring families into everything we're doing because we hope we're teaching them skills during the day that they can all bring to their home, wherever that may be at night. And we're talking about the challenges of communication, something that so many people probably just take for granted. You know, we're communicating right now. You talk to the person at the grocery store, you talk to your friend on the phone. What are some of the other challenges um, that you find in the space that are kind of the biggest hurdles that you have to tackle? I know that there's so many different elements that go into it, but do you have any of some general challenges, you know, like communication that you find you're like, okay, we need to take a little bit more time to tackle this. So I always say that I love bringing people in to see our programs and anyone listening, if you've never been to Excel, I would love to personally show you around because our walls and our hallways are full of joy. These individuals are extremely happy and they're so grateful for what they have. And that's what they focus on what they have. So what I find something that I'm consciously always working on is just acceptance of our community so that individuals who have disabilities or family members with a child or daughter or parent or sibling who has a disability can go out and enjoy the meal at a restaurant, can go to a movie, can go to the zoo 
and be fully able to participate in every activity and feel accepted. Mm-hmm. So I love being, bringing people into our programs to say, check out these amazing individuals. Let's remove that disability word for now. And right now, these are happy kids. These are happy adults being their best selves. So yeah. I've kind of made it my mission. It's something why I love bringing people in is just to share how awesome these people are. Yeah. And I don't want to lead with just the disability word. I don't want to with lead with any intention other than just please help everyone make, make and feel like we're all part of the same community working together. And that if we have something that makes us different, let's celebrate it. Absolutely. Do you feel as if society is getting better in that regard and the celebration of individuals, just as individuals. I know we have a four-year-old and we have been working with that on, you know, working with him on that of celebrating diversity, celebrating that every single person is different for a reason, because we're all bringing something so special to earth and by design, by design, every single person needs to be different. Um, And so do you find that society is kind of as time goes on becoming more just accepting of those that are different? I want to say yes, because I live in a world of rainbows and all is great. I also also turn on the news and I see social media and I see a lot of things that, that sadden me as well. So as much Mm -hmm. as I want to say, I do believe we're taking steps forward. I still do believe just as a society to accept everyone for who they are. We have a long way to go. Um, Mm -hmm. I walk into every situation seeing the best in people. I assume the best in people. We're all human doing the best we can with whatever resources are in front of us. We're making the best decisions. So I hope that one by one, I'm helping people see that. But I feel like as a society, we have a long way to go but I'm proud of the progress that we have made. And it's these little ripples in the water that I truly feel like are making the big difference. And happiness, that's what it's all about. Happy kids, happy adults, have everybody, happiness, love. And life is short, life is short. I don't, I personally don't wanna focus on the things that bring me down, the sad moments. Of course I have them, but I choose to focus on the joy because I wanna enjoy every day and be grateful that I woke up and be grateful that I'm here because there are some others whose lives were cut too short. So I want to celebrate life in their honor, in their memory. So going back to your, your question, I, we have a long way to go, but I choose to see the best in the world and the best in people. Yeah, well, I feel like there needs to be an Excel in every community. So let's just start that right now. But I know that you guys recently went international. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So through an, an RFP, a request for proposal process, I'm going to guess about four or five-ish years ago, um, it came across our phenomenal CEO's plate to start a school in Saudi Arabia. So typically for individuals who are in Saudi Arabia or the Middle East, having a child who has a disability is, might not be the most proud thing in their life. And therefore, there's not many schools or community programs for these individuals So fast forward now, we actually have a fully operational, extremely successful school where we're serving children who are five years of age, eight, 10, 13, 20, even young adults who have never had a formal education before. And it's do they have roughly about 250 students now doing extremely well. We now have a second program talking about a third and a fourth in the Middle East. Um, And my favorite story with this is that one of the first days we opened, one of my team members had someone behind him on the stairs saying, hang on, wait, wait, wait for me. And he turned around like, are you okay? Do you need something? And she goes, I just want to tell you. And of course she is 
from what I understand, pretty hysterical with, with happiness that today is the first day of my son's life. And that was the first day that he stepped foot in an educational program. He's starting the education and this little boy is doing phenomenal. And the parents are just ecstatic to have this resource in their community. That's amazing. Goosebumps. I know. I know. (laughs) And then locally, there's a lot happening too, because you broke ground on an adult center. Can you tell me about that? So we now have two kind of standalone um, adult programs. We have one in Tempe and one in Phoenix. So our Tempe one is the newest one we have. Um, We have our school programs in Buckeye and Phoenix and Tempe. And we also just opened a site in Tucson in partnership with Sunnyside School District. And then our early intervention clinic, which we call our BISTA program, um, is um, also in Tucson going on a second site this school year. We're moving over to Marana. Um, And we also have sites all throughout Phoenix. We have from Mesa, we have services in Phoenix, um, and they are growing leaps and bounds. So we're grateful that we're able to grow. We want to meet people where they're at with whatever needs they are. So we don't want to say this is just our model. We're now going to community saying, what do you need? Um, Mm -hmm. Sunnyside, for example, we are on one of their early learning campuses, and if students who are identified at three or four years of age as needing um, this therapeutic support, this applied behavioral analysis therapy, their parents no longer have to drive across town for services. They can say, oh, as soon as they finish their morning program, for example, after lunch, uh, someone's going to grab them and walk them down the hallway and talk about easy access that this child may not have had previously if that parent couldn't get 45 minutes to North Tucson, for example. How do you do it all? How do you maintain kind of that individualized care? We have phenomenal team members. So Excel has almost 300 employees um, here in Phoenix alone, the Phoenix metropolitan area, and now Tucson as well. These are incredible individuals who have extreme patience. They're intelligent. They're passionate. And they give every student and youth and adult the attention they deserve. We have the most incredible team I've ever worked with of people who truly care about every single person. And their goal is to bring out the best in everyone. It doesn't matter if it's their student or their adult member they're working with. If there's someone in the hallway and they can support them, they will jump in and do whatever that student needs. It's amazing. I have the the privilege to share these stories and to share the work, but there's 300 individuals on the ground who deserve all the credit. Absolutely. Well, how did you get into this? So previously, I've been really involved in the health space. So I've had some other roles with American Heart Association, American Lung, um, a variety of other organizations. But when I have to admit, like I wasn't really looking, but someone said, hey, there's a role open in this program. I think you should go in and, and take a look. I met with the CEO for a few minutes, let's say. We toured the program. And the minute a little boy said hello to me and waved, I was like, I'm sold. I didn't even yeah. for this. And this is what I was looking for. Um, and I just hit my four year anniversary and I, with Excel and I can't wait to have 44 more years. I, I've never felt so fulfilled in passion of a career because I'm helping incredible people. And I'm seeing even money raised today be put in someone's hands tomorrow. And it's just amazing. Your passion shines through too, you know, to sit here and say, you're going to be here for 44 more years. That's amazing. <laughs> I really love what we do. I have, I work with an incredible team, incredible individuals, incredible leadership. And the mission of what we're doing is just, it resonates with so many people and the needs are great. So my work is not done until everyone in the state of Arizona or wherever it is that we expand next has these services that they deserve. 
and you are in the fundraising space. So I have a fundraising background and it's a grind. <laughs> I'll be the first to say it is an absolute grind and not everyone can be a good fundraiser. So your role within the organization, largely fundraising, marketing, kind of out and the storytelling of what's happening. Absolutely. And it is a grind. It's all about storytelling and relationships is how I would narrow down the work that that I do, the work that you've done, probably still do in some capacity. It's all about sharing stories. I'm not taking the money for myself. I am the conduit to get the money to the right people. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to call myself a matchmaker of dollars because <laughs> if Excel is in the right place, let me help you find the right place because there are incredible nonprofits in this city that someone's dollar could go a long way. So I I really enjoy the process of being a a financial matchmaker is what I like to say. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, you uh, fundraise for a few other organizations, right? So yeah, so primarily Excel is my my full-time jam, which I love. Um, I do volunteer at many organizations. I essentially just started teaching as well fundraising and I tend to gravitate toward even helping others who are learning how to fundraise with smaller nonprofits get started. So fundraising is my jam. I love it. We need more good people in this field. Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate when someone says, I want to learn how I'm like, let's do this. Let's sit down and let's start by you telling me what your story is. Cause let's start there because that's where they're going to raise money. That's how is how good their story is and how good they are passionate about it. And they can tell that story. Right. You really do need to care about the cause that you're raising funds for, you know, because that will show through. And you're right there. We do need more good fundraisers out there. What advice would you give to someone or do you give to someone when when they come to you and say, I want to get into your field? What's your advice? I let them know about the field. Like it's all it's relationship driven. It's about finding the right people for the right program, for the right fit. And that it's not just about asking money, but you have to plan. And like the literal ask of fundraising is like from my course that I'm I'm, uh, teaching right now, there's 14 little literal steps in our textbook. So I tell people making the ask is step like 10 or 11. So fundraising, it takes a lot of planning and preparation and research to make sure you're making the right ask. So Mm -hmm. for people who are like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable being the one to make the ask, like, there's so many different steps to fundraising. If you want to be part of raising money for a, a mission, let me help you figure out what your space should be. Mm-hmm. So I help people who want to become grant writers, who want to start their own nonprofit. I have people in my course right now who are working for a nonprofit, but not in the fundraising space and want to get there. If you're passionate about your mission and, and want to share the work you're doing, we will find a place for you. You don't need to necessarily be the one making the ask. You can still be very much involved in the process. Yeah. And and there's, you know, there's foundations all over the city that have money to give away. And so, you know, I, when I first started, I was very uncomfortable because I I was like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. I was very uncomfortable making the ask. But when you start diving into the different opportunities, grants, events, peer-to-peer fundraisers, like 5Ks, whatever, you can make it really fun. And I think that's the difference is, being able to get creative with it and make a fun request that people want to be a part of. Not you can kind of tell when folks are, you know, step one, ask them about themselves. Step two. <laughs> totally. 
yes, there are some individuals who are more like a machine, I want to say, yeah. and are still learning what the different steps are. It's an art. It, it's not for everyone. I find it a lot of fun. Uh, but it's also, it is like, as I said, like everyone has a place in this space if you want to be in this space. Um, so I enjoy helping people because as I mentioned, we need more good fundraisers because there are fabulous causes whose voice is just not being heard loud enough, but are still very deserving. Well, what are you, what are some of your campaigns that you're running right now with Excel? What's fun and exciting that we can be a part of? So right now we're all about back to school. So we don't have typical classes such as there's no social studies, second grade class. There's no art history, fourth grade, whatever it may be. There's no math, second grade. Most of our students are in similar groups of similar ages and similar abilities. So for example, our early learners might be a class of five through 10 years old, but all in a similar place. Maybe their first few years in school, learning some um, basic foundational skills so they could be successful. So with back to school right now, we're of course, just like any other school is looking for just school supplies. So we have a handful of businesses doing school supply drives for us. You can never have enough markers and crayons and all that good stuff. And Mm -hmm. we're also looking for individuals who want to adopt a classroom. So literally make a financial contribution and be in touch with this classroom all year, watch their growth come in and participate in activities with the group um, and really adopt them as your own. So right now we're very much in back to school mode and making sure that our students have everything they need to succeed. Um, The biggest expense for most of our students when it comes to resources is having their own iPad. So a typical district will give all their students an iPad to do their homework and their work. When they come to Excel, they don't come with that. So part of my role is to raise the funds so that every child can have an iPad or what we refer to as a communication device. They right. may, they're going to be using that to do their homework, but their homework might be um, finding out what each word and finding the symbol for everything in their house so they can point to what they need and communicate to their family. Mm-hmm. So then will they, do they take that home with them in the evening too? They definitely can. Absolutely. Um, some children have iPads that stay at home. Some have some that stay at school. If they didn't have one accessible, yes, they would have full access to that whenever they need it. Technology is so important. You know, think 20 years ago. Absolutely. And there, we find that many of our students, their families have a lot going on. They have a child or an adult who has severe and profound disabilities. They could have a full-time caretaker in their home, possibly a parent or somebody else who provides respite care. So I'm very aware that they are trying to make everything work and make ends meet when sometimes that child is the center of their life. And so technology for some of our families, depending on where they live or what resources they have, even in-home technology is not something that every student has. Mm -hmm. Particularly during the pandemic, we had to send a lot of hotspots home and we were doing whatever we could to keep those families connected. And many of the times we didn't even ask for them back. We're still supporting them because we still need them to be connected and things just didn't change overnight. So we try to do whatever we can to our families so they can stay connected whenever needed and have the resources they need to make sure their child is well, happy, and healthy. So we're going to jump into the back-to-school drives. We're going to help out in the classroom. What else is happening this year? What's on the horizon for Excel? We have just some just some fantastic things happening. Um, most recently, we have a whole water um, therapy program Our outdoor uh, water pool, essentially our aquatic center was renovated last year. 
This year, we are focused on our indoor space. So we have, we're fundraising in the middle of that campaign right now. So we can make sure that warm water therapy is an option for our students. We have some students who are medically fragile. And what that means is they may have a nurse with them at all times. They may be in a wheelchair for majority of the day, but when they're in this aquatics program, they can stretch their limbs for the first time all day, all week, depending on what they're able to do or what their caretakers are able to do. So our aquatics program is makes us very unique and also helps our students to do different things they wouldn't normally be able to do, such as stretch, float, um, take away some pressure off their body and just feel feel light and feel feel what it would feel like to just have not a care in the world and just float and enjoy. So a big thing we're working on this year is getting our aquatics program fully up and running. Um, another goal of ours is to get a lot more sensory equipment. So we had a bubble machine last year, for example, that broke a huge bubble tube that we loved. Uh, that was so fun for our students. So this year we're working on getting that bubble tube back and getting a lot more just sensory equipment around our campus because this is what helps our students, our adult members focus. We, we lovingly say that everyone has a hall pass because if you need to refocus, let's get you out of the room, let's get you in a hallway, let's do some different activities and bring you back to the classroom. So I would say those are probably two of our big goals for this year is getting our aquatics program back up and running 100% and really focusing a lot more on sensory activities in the hallways between rooms um, to keep our students focused at all times and are able to refocus. It sounds amazing. I definitely want to come check it out. So please, let's plan on that. I'll come check it out. But where can everybody learn more if they want to kind of dive in on their own? Our website, everything's pretty simple, excelacel.org. Find us at Excel Arizona on social media. Um, and please reach out if you're looking for volunteer activities for yourself, for your company, for a family, looking for some way to get involved, um, looking for a place to donate to, to make a difference, to make an impact, or just to see our awesome individuals. We'd love to have everyone come in. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful. I really appreciate it. And half of everyone at Excel, thank you so much for all that you do too. All right. I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear The Valley now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love. And join us again next week right here on The Valley Now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.